This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, everybody? Jeff Kasuf here with the latest episode of Kicking Back. This one is with Jess Fishlock. You know Jess Fishlock from her time with the rain. She's been with that NWSL club since its inception, since its first kick in 2013. And she's been on loan plenty of times to Australia, Germany, uh, even to Scotland briefly. But now she's headed on loan this fall to Reading in England's Women's Super League. And if you've been following along with the news, a lot of which has been reported on EqualizerSoccer.com, a lot of which is official now, uh, and more to come really, there are a lot of NWSL players headed out on loan or short-term contracts as they just look to get games. The Challenge Cup is over. There's the promise of a few regional games for each team in the fall for NWSL, but there's not a lot to be played here, and frankly, it's not the safest country at the moment as the COVID-19 pandemic continues, certainly compared to some others across the globe. So players have sought out opportunities. They didn't have great answers when they needed them and they needed to make decisions from the NWSL. So this episode, I talked to Jess Fishlock about going on loan to England, to Reading specifically, a lot closer to home. And some of the realities, what the realities were in the bubble in Utah for the Challenge Cup, how that influenced her decision, and the realities for European players who are getting back to European Championship qualifying starting in September. It's hard to believe uh, sitting here in the U.S. and and saying that, but uh, Europe is getting back to competitive international games in just about a month. So uh, talked about all of that with Jess Fishlock. Hope you enjoy it. Please go ahead, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, Kicking Back. It helps us get the word out to more people just like you. It helps get these stories out, and more people can discover some great interviews with women's soccer players, coaches, personalities, and uh, we look forward to bringing you more of these. So hope you enjoy. Jeff Kazoof here with Jess Fishlock on Kicking Back. Jess, thanks for joining me. No problem, Jeff. No problem. Yeah. Uh, so Jess, longtime Rain midfielder, as, as everybody knows. Um, the news this week, you're going on loan to Reading in the FAWSL in England uh, with a return yeah prior to the, the 2021 NWSL season, which I think I can speak for all of us when saying I hope that's some version of a normal season as we've uh, come to know it. So know. what, what um, you know, maybe a simple answer in a way, but what, what, what brought about this loan for you? I think, to be honest, for me specifically, there were two kind of really big priorities, and that was playing uh was a huge one for me obviously being out with my injury and and although being back for a while um given the current situation in america the games were just not regular enough or frequent enough um and then to just honestly being home for a bit i think you know i didn't realize 
I knew when I was in America that I really wanted to go home for a little bit, given everything that's been happening there. Um, but I didn't realize, I don't think how anxious and tense I was in America until I came home, um, until I came out of the bubble, until I came back here. And then I realized just how um, uncomfortable I was, but at the time made myself think I was fine. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think anybody in in any profession at the moment, if they could do their work uh, somewhere that's not here, unfortunately, in the U.S., <laughs> um, it's probably, you know, the, the currently a safer a safer way to do it. Um, and and to that point, I mean, Europe getting back to playing um, at a club level, you know, still closed doors and, and extensive yeah. testing, but um, some some version of normal seasons. And then, um, you know, on an international level, that's a factor too. I'm sure. Um, I, you know, I think seen this with a couple of players who are European based or European players in the NWSL, you know, there's actually real competitive games to play soon for you all. And the current travel restrictions obviously uh, would prevent really any sort of back and forth. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Look, when the challenge cup finished, I didn't really have anything in place at all. Um, But I just left the the U S and came home as soon as possible. Um, And at that point, Nobody knew anything. Nobody knew if anything was going to carry on with the NWSL. Nobody knew what that would look like. Um, there just wasn't enough information at that point. And then added onto that the fact that, um, you know, America seems to be on a lot of, of, of quarantine and, and banned lists, really, for, for travel over the last couple of weeks. So, yeah, for me personally, you know, we're playing against Norway and the Faroes and Belarus, and that's in September, October, November. You know, if I'm saying I'm coming from America, I don't know if they let me in anywhere. So, you know, when you, when you kind of put that all together, the reality of it is, Jeff, is that the USA is just not, not a, uh, a place that I can be right now from a professional perspective. Yeah. And, and, you know, not alone in that. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it's, it's, it's wild that, you know, Europe's back to playing Euro qualifiers and the U S doesn't yeah. know when they're even going to have another camp where they just kind of isolate themselves yet. So, um, mm-hmm. big match for, for Wales, September 22nd against group leaders, yeah. Norway. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, th- there's Euro qualifying. You and I spoke a couple months ago already. It feels like, I don't know, time's a bit of a, a crazy thing at the moment, but, you know, we spoke briefly about, Olympic ambitions too for next year for Great Britain. Um, you mentioned needing games. I'm sure, obviously, Euro qualifier is very important for Wales, but also staying on whoever's radar that's going to be for for Great Britain. But um, I'm sure that those Olympics are are on the mind as well. Yeah, I think I think for everybody right now who's an athlete um, and who has major tournaments coming up or within the next yeah twelve months whether they be qualifiers or whether they want to, you know, um, go through to the Olympics, everyone's thinking the same thing. Like, where can I play games? What does that look like? Is it going to be competitive? Um, and that's kind of where our, our mindset is, or where, it kind of, where it kind of has to be, you know. I think there's too, really too much unknown right now in America. Um, I would say in Europe, at least there are, you know, a lot of countries that are just dealing with things kind of a lot better. And 
it's more about the information. There's more information here. We know where in September we're going to be doing this. We know what training looks like. We know what testing looks like. You know, we know there's not going to be any fans. We know that. So you can prepare, right? And I think ultimately as, as athletes, um, and, you know, I think a lot of people are in the same boat right now. Um, we need to know what's going on so we can best prepare ourselves. And if you don't get that information, then you have to go somewhere where you get information and then it works for you. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, that uncertainty, which, which you just answered, because it was, it, you know, in some ways you can understand, given the situation in the U.S., which the NWSL obviously didn't create but has to deal with, that you can understand the maybe lack of plan, but, but also that lack of plan is distinctly why so many players, I mean, we're, you know, as we speak, more reports and, and you know, finalized deals and everything of, of how many players have gone uh, to Europe specifically, uh, that it feels like, at least for some of them, if there were a plan, which there now is, but maybe too late, that um, maybe not everybody would have necessarily done that. So, um, yeah, I imagine it's, it's got to be tough not knowing because um, that's you don't yeah. have much control, right? That's that's kind no, of no, no. And like you said, I don't think it's anybody's fault. I don't think it's the NWSL's fault. I don't think it's the the club's fault. I just think it's 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 America as a whole right now is just really struggling to get a grips of of the current situation. Um, you know, I, I am you know for myself personally, I'm really thankful for the rain because they've been super supportive and understanding as always um, with the current situation and know that it's probably more important that girls go out on loan and get minutes and get regular football. It's better for them in the long run. Um, but that's going to be difficult for a club as well, you know. And so um, I'm really thankful that I, that I am playing for a club that is really quite understanding, you know, because it could have been very, very different. Um, so I'm kind of lucky for that um but look it's really nice it's really nice to be home for a bit to be honest with you like i i Redding's only like an hour and a half up the road so i come home all the time and it's it's really really nice yeah that sounds like a nice little weekend well not weekend for games but a quick commute if you need uh some yeah. family time with for a mm -hmm. dinner or something um definitely well, for dinner <laughs> <laughs> yeah well the the destination itself um I think I was I was just kind of reviewing to myself, and and I hadn't realized you've been on loan to a bunch of places. You've been to yeah. uh, to Germany, Scotland, obviously Australia, um, France with Leon, and now England with Reading. Is it is it any different being on loan, knowing that it is sort of a temporary thing? Is it does it affect you in any way? Um, not really for me because I treat each of the clubs um, with the same kind of respect as I would. Um, if I was there for five years or, or six months, because I, you know, I, I don't see it as a one-sided kind of transaction, if that makes sense. Um, and I really, you know, whenever I do kind of the, the loan deals, it's cause I'm really excited to go there and to play and to experience what that kind of club and culture and league is, is about. And so it, I'm never going to enjoy it if I don't give my all, you know, if I just think, oh, I'm only going to be here for six months. So it doesn't matter. That's just not my, my mentality. Um, and so, 
no, for me now, you know, I'll give Reading everything that I gave Seattle and that I gave Leon. They they will have everything that I can give them. Um, and maybe, I don't know, maybe a little bit something different because they allow me to be home and I that kind of gives me an extra buzz, if that makes sense, you know? So from a professional perspective, they have everything. But from a personal perspective, it might, I don't know, it might be a little bit different because right now I just go with a big smile on my face because I'm home, you know? And I don't know, maybe that will mean that I just enjoy it more so I give a little bit something that I didn't know I had, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and back in England, playing for an English club at least for the first time in nearly a decade, um, mm-hmm. you know, I think Women's Super League, NWSL, I think those are the, you know, certainly the most common two maybe that come up in this conversation of most competitive or however someone might deem sort of best league um, mm-hmm. from top to bottom anyway. What, um, I mean, you've kind of been looking at it from afar, but obviously that must have been some something of a factor. We've seen a ton of NWSL players transferring or going on loan over there. Um, what are the expectations on kind of a league level of seeing from afar how it's grown there? Yeah, it's really interesting actually, Jeff, because I think that um, throughout this whole kind of COVID 2020 bizarre, crazy year, um, the NWSL has actually come out of it with a really big opportunity. The WSL, I mean, has come out of it with a really big opportunity because players are going over there right now that might not have gone over there if this wasn't the situation, right? So I personally think that because of this, uh, this season is going to be unreal and it's going to have literally the eyes of the world on it, you know? And it might not have been in that situation um, if it wasn't for COVID and and what is going on. Um, So I think that's a huge opportunity. And if I was the FA or if I was in charge of the league, I would ensure that, you know, whether we had this five-year plan or this 10-year plan, all of that right now, I think, goes on the back burner and they throw everything at this season because it could be spectacular. You know, every team is strengthening. Every team is picking up players they were never going to pick up before. Every team is getting stronger. Um, it's going to be probably the most competitive season to date. Um, and I mean, it's grown since I left. It's, you know, got better and got better year on year on year. But they're in a situation now I don't think they would have ever found themselves in for another five or so years. And so, if, you know, they have to capitalize on it. They have to. You know, because if they do, yeah, I think it can actually be probably one of the best in the world for sure. Um, and that was a perfect opportunity really to kind of make something that they might not have had. Yeah. We could be at a really interesting inflection point. Uh, I mean, some of these, a lot of these are loans and maybe one year deals, but that, um, that feeling has been there for a while of bigger clubs, certainly in Europe that have been investing. And, you know, the, I guess we have a, primarily American audience on the show that will know, you know, Rose Lavelle, Sam Lewis going to Man City, um, a lot of other deals that are in the works, being confirmed, things like that as we record this. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I think certainly 
people will want to know from the U.S. You can watch uh, the FA Player for free. And, yeah. and even, you know, myself, I used to not – honestly, I didn't pay as much attention to the league, to, to the WSL previously, just from the perspective of, you know, this was the same thing when I worked Premier League, that, like, NWSL played the same Saturdays, but, you know, here on the East Coast, maybe till 2 in the morning, you know. So the the WSL – in the morning makes for a 16 hour day, but to your point, no NWSL or limited action. Um, you know, you can just make a morning of it if you're in the U S and, and see a lot of familiar faces. So I think it could be a, a really, you know, a key moment for both leagues really. And, and hopefully, uh, hopefully for the better for both, but we'll see, uh, hopefully not too much lost talent on the, the NWSL side. Um, yeah, look, I think I don't think the NWSL needs to worry too much from that perspective um, at all, really. Um, but like I said, I just think, you know, if, if it was the other way around, you'd see exactly the same thing happening where people are going over because they need to play. Um, you know, but <clears throat> it is, it is... It is really interesting. I think it's going to be real fun. I do wish that I think, you know, that everybody is going to watch the game and they're going to enjoy the games and they're going to see familiar faces and they're going to want to, I think they're going to want to tune in. I hope everybody does in America, you know, because even though the NWSL have these hubs, there's not going to be that many games, you know, and so... I hope they all do get on support us and, and support the teams that we're in and, and get a little bit more knowledge of, of the women's game because ultimately that's what we need, right, is we need the world to focus on all of the leagues and not just, you know, the one that they're in because that's how football grows. You know, that's how we get better. That's how we get bigger. Yeah, yeah. And a lot's changed since you last played there maybe, but, um, you know, big clubs investing, a lot of familiar faces, as you said, I'm sure plenty of friends on, on teams. Yeah. Uh, any any matchups, uh, old rivalries, grudge match, friends that you're looking forward to uh, to battling in the, in this league? Um, I'm looking forward to seeing Kimmy, obviously. <laughs> she, she's actually our first game, would you believe it? Um, so, yeah, I'm... I don't know who will be end up chasing who. I will let you know. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to see Kimmy. Uh, obviously, Steph plays for Arsenal as well, which will be fun. Um, not not so much rivalry. Um, I didn't really. I was only here for like a year, two years before that, and a load of the teams that were there then um, have dropped out. So you know, it will be new for me. I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for. Her. I really, really, I'm excited to. To, to play in it for a while. Yeah. Well, it might be a bit early for Seattle fans, but I think the, the Fishlock versus Kim Little uh, midfield battle will be one that, that folks will certainly be tuning into. Um, I hope so. You'll probably just see us laughing at each other, to be honest with you, but trying, <laughs> to, stay, trying to stay really serious, but not really. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, maybe we can close up. At, you know, we last talked a couple months ago, and, and you mentioned, you know, having that, two, three years out plan still kind of in your head in, in some, you know, international club. I mean, um, you've been at the rain since the rain started, uh, seven, eight years now since, since the inception of the club. Um, what's, you know, what's that looking like for you having gotten through this crazy summer of, of just kind of what you want to get accomplished in these next few years? Yeah, look, I, 
I'm really interested in the OL Rain project. Um, it's a shame that we had have kind of wasted a year, not really, but ultimately kind of on the field have wasted a year. Um, but, you know, I do kind of want to be around to just be a part of that project for a little bit whilst we kind of get new players in and start growing again. Um, as you can see, with you can see their mindset with the Rose trade, um, which is, you know, phenomenal for for us. Um, I really want to be a part of that, with, where that ends up and how long that goes for and what that looks like at this point. You know, I, I, think, I don't think anybody can say anything about what their future holds after this year. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I've been there, like I said, from the beginning and, and the, the rain and, and the way that they act and the way that they have always been um, is always something that I really, really want to be a part of all the time. Um, and yeah, like I said, I, I really like the OL Rain project and I really want to be a part of that. So, but we'll see, like I said, you know, I enjoy being home right now as well. And you know, sometimes, and this year especially would make people start thinking a little bit differently of, of priorities and, and stuff like that. So, you know, I'm just going to enjoy my time at home right now and, and head back and definitely be a part of the rain next year. Um, and then we'll see, we'll see what happens, you know, um, any, any, anything can happen in this world right now. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be remiss not to ask, uh, you feeling good. I know, you know, the challenge cup was kind of just getting back into things for yeah. you after the ACL. Yeah, honestly, I feel like I said, it. I came home and instantly instantaneously felt better, um, in myself and, and in my body, um, and in my mind. And I think, like I said, I didn't realize how, uncomfortable and, and anxious I was in the Challenge Cup. Uh, no, nothing to do with, with the rain and nothing to do with um, the league. Just, just you know, being in that bubble and, and, and being in that environment just, you know, it, it made me feel so tense. Um, so being here and even now just training for 10 days with Reading, you know, I feel so much lighter you know i feel like i've got this sand just off my back and 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 i feel much better so um so that's great you know i feel i feel like i'm kind of back if that makes sense well there it is announced to the world jess fishlock <laughs> is back <laughs> yeah well thanks for joining me enjoy uh being a little closer to home and, and good luck thank with you. uh with reading this season thank you so much thank you You've been listening to Kickin' Back, a podcast by The Equalizer. If you like what you heard, and we certainly hope you did, please go ahead and rate and review this pod. The more you do that, the easier it is for other people to discover this show and hear compelling stories from some of the most interesting people in women's soccer. Keep an eye out for our next episode when we kick it with our latest guest.